Hey everyone! In case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith? Stay true to biblical convictions? And how can we become more like Christ and share Him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Hello everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Real Christian Talk, where we're going to be discussing something I never actually thought when I started this podcast that I'd be discussing, and that is, are there aliens out there? Yes, you may have seen E.T. as a kid. Could there be real E.T.s out there? If you grew up like I did as a Star Trek fan, could there be where no one has gone before life on other planets? Yes, What about aliens? That'll be the subject of today's episode of Real Christian Talk. So let's get started right away by reading, as we always do, from God's Word. And this time it'll be some of Psalms chapter 8, which beginning at verse 3 said this, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you should care for him? You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands, and have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, and whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And I really felt that this particular passage of scripture was really telling because, and really poignant and relevant for this episode, because I think it informs the lens through which we ask this question. Could God have created aliens in the vast beyond of the universe? This question has been something that I've been uh, dealing with in my mind a lot lately from various sources, various sides of things. For one thing, I live here in the northeastern United States where recently cicadas have come out of their 17-year hibernation and they are freaky-looking things that make very weird noises. In fact, when I step out of a grocery store or I step out of my office at my church that I serve at as pastor or I come out of my home, instantly, no matter where I am, right now, I am hearing the call that cicadas make. And I have to say, it actually reminds me of the sound frequencies that NASA released of um, a satellite that went by the planet Saturn a long time ago. And it kind of reminded me of that, kind of an eerie alien feel to it. Uh, Combine that with a lot of talk recently about UFOs, or as the government officially calls them, UAPs unidentified aerial phenomenon. And it turns out that for the last several years, the U.S. government has been keeping track of objects that um, have been recorded even on video or encountered by pilots of the military that are able to do things that are simply beyond anything that we are technologically able to do. And after years of stigma and silence over the topic of UFOs, the United States government is getting ready to release a report in June that is going to 
to discuss what it knows about UAPs, otherwise known as UFOs. And so there's been all kinds of stuff and talks and interviews with politicians and with the people who were involved with the task force, and there's been a handful of viral videos going around online that have been declassified that the military acknowledged are real videos um, taken by pilots and, and by people in the military that clearly encounter things that just don't seem to add up, don't seem to make sense. And so there's been a lot of fascination, a lot of talk, and 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 I grew up uh, as a lover of all things science fiction. I grew up as a huge Star Trek fan. I uh, grew up loving Star Trek The Next Generation. Still uh, a show that if I see any episode, I'll, I'll get drawn into it a bit. I also loved the original series and especially the movies that the Star Trek series made. Um, you know, I love movies like Signs or Interstellar or Arrival. I've always been a nut for this stuff. I've always enjoyed watching science fiction. Not too long ago, I was introducing my son to, to some Star Star Wars movies. And so I've always enjoyed uh, science fiction. I've always loved astronomy. And, you know, I had a telescope just a couple years ago that I got as a birthday present to try and look up there and see what's out there. So I've always kind of, you know, had this question, um, you know, in my mind. But for me personally, I have to say, I still come at this being brutally honest with you uh, from a perspective that leans against the existence of extraterrestrials, that leans against the existence uh, of aliens. Um, For me, I look at the vast beyond, I look at the universe, and in my early years, I always was looking at it from a, well, of course there's got to be aliens. Of course there has to be more out there. And in the last several years, I've now come to to believe that really, uh, I I think we really are it. I think that um, human life and life on Earth is it. And I lean towards that position, but I don't do so dogmatically. And so, you know, I've literally been asked asked from others, you know, pastor, what do you think about, about aliens? What do you think about UFOs? And I've never thought about really processing that, but recently I have been. And for me personally, you know, I don't know what the report's going to show next month that the government's going to release. I highly doubt they're going to come out and say, yes, we believe there are aliens that are visiting our planet. I highly doubt that that's what they're going to say. But the truth is, even though I personally still lean towards believing that there are not aliens, I have started to ponder and, and, and reflect to myself, theologically speaking, what are the implications to my faith if there are extraterrestrials? How should we process that if, in fact, it turns out that there are aliens? Aliens. And to be very, very clear, the Bible is silent on the question of alien life. There is simply no passage of scripture that uh, that either affirms nor denies the existence of aliens. And so there is no, um, you know, the Bible's kind of kind of silent on this topic. And, I, and I'm going to come back to why I think it is, whether or not uh, aliens do exist or not. But I do, you know, believe that this is a question that's always exciting, always fascinating, and, and, uh, and is something that we have to kind of reflect on it and kind of, of ponder. So what are the biblical implications uh, if aliens do in fact exist? You know, Psalms chapter 8 is a beautiful psalm that is the lens through which I'd like for us to kind of go through this question. Because Psalms chapter 8 has King David, under the inspiration of God, writing about how in all of the universe he is and of man's place in the universe. Um, Because from Psalms chapter 8, it is very clear that, you know, and through everything that we get through 
Scripture, it is very clear that humanity has a very special and unique place in the universe. Um, sometimes people are just, they they uh, simply can't, they don't believe it's possible that God could create such a vast universe if in fact we're it and that there's no uh, life el- you know anywhere else. And and so there's two sides to this coin, right? There's those who, who look at the universe, who, who see how incredibly uh, and powerful and, and, and amazing it is, and they say, surely there is life elsewhere. But I think on the one side of the coin, if you believe that there are not aliens, as I personally uh, lean towards believing, it's not hard for me to see the vast universe that God created and man uh, being the only life uh, in it uh, on earth, along, of course, with all the other life that God created here. I don't have a problem accepting that because Psalms chapter 8 tells me that in, in, in spite of everything else that God created, in spite of how vast the universe is, and King David, by the way, is writing this long before the Hubble Space Telescope, long before we even had a shred of understanding as to just how vast the universe is. But he writes that even though you did all that, God, in essence, he's saying, I'm in all of the fact that we're the planet, we're it that you are focused on. We have your attention. And, you know, the earth is the visited planet. We are the planet that God, we know of for sure, became man, that he visited personally coming, entering uh, space, matter, and time in the person of Jesus Christ, being born of a virgin, living and walking among us as a man, offering his self, himself as a perfect sacrifice for our sins and being raised from the dead for our justification. When you look at scripture and you look at the Bible, it clearly has man, though we're not and the earth is not at the physical center of the universe, it is very clear we are at the center of God's heart and of his attention. And you can see that. And when we see how vast the universe is, and we know and consider that God did in fact come and he did, you know, give himself and send his son for us, that should, that should, if anything, create a sense of all wonder, excitement, and humility that the God of the universe would be personally aware of us, care about us from before time began, uh, creating a plan for us to be redeemed and rescued from our sins. I mean, that is the ultimate irony and, and the ultimate beauty of what we believe and that Psalms 8, you know, talks about. Psalms 8 also goes into talking about how, you know, mankind it has been put over everything else that's here on this earth. Even though there's uh, various forms of life and animals and creatures, it's clear that mankind was created in the image of God and that makes us sacred, that makes us unique, and that makes us special. On the flip side, however, um, because the Bible gives us the perspective for our planet and for our experience, uh, it, it, it makes sense that obviously that's the focus of what the Lord would uh, communicate to us. And that does not totally close the door to the possibility that when we do consider how vast the universe is and how there are literally so many galaxies that we don't even know about, that there couldn't be a galaxy where God did create life elsewhere. And through my own pondering, reflecting, thinking about this question, you know, I've come to see that some Christian leaders, including uh, my personal, one of my personal heroes um, and spiritual giants, the Reverend Billy Graham, he himself was a believer that God did create extraterrestrial life elsewhere in the vast beyond. So again, um, the Bible doesn't come out yay or nay on this question, but what it does tell us 
at least for our knowing, is that mankind was created especially and purposely by God, that we are uniquely made in his image, and that in spite of and in contrast to how vast the universe is, we are the visited planet. We are, according to Psalms 8, um, you know, cared for and and thought of by our God and by our Creator. The Bible says His thoughts for us outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. So we should know whether or not extraterrestrials exist. Man has a special and unique place in the universe that God has created. And that is very clear biblically and scripturally. But what are some of the other parameters we should consider if, for example, there are extraterrestrial life that that exists in the uh, vast beyond of the universe? Well, I recently saw an article on ChristianPost.com which does kind of shed some light on this and that did kind of go through some of the factors that we would need to consider from a biblical perspective of the implications of alien life existing in the universe. The article is called, Do UFOs Exist? Logic, Physics, Scripture, and Gratitude for Divine Grace. It was written by the op-ed contributor, Jim uh, Denison. And uh, so the article brought up a few points, and I did want to hit on a couple of them. The first is that Colossians chapter 1, as well as Genesis, (laughs) make it abundantly clear that all things that exist are created and sustained by God. And that is something that's very, very important for us to consider. Sometimes people would say that uh, if alien life exists, that in some ways that would hurt the case for God. Um, you know, there are many who who believe that you know life evolved uh, through purely naturalistic means uh, somehow uh, on this planet from non-living chemicals springing into uh, a cell. And even the world's most militant atheists and and atheistic evolutionary biologists acknowledge that they have no idea how life began on this planet, and that the sheer complexity of one cell is certainly daunting when you consider. Uh, okay, how did this start if you don't have a creator involved? And in fact, life looks so complex, so well designed, that Francis Crick, who was one of the discoverers of DNA, the DNA molecule, he, along with some others, lent towards a view called panspermia, which was the idea that life was seeded here on Earth from extraterrestrial life. And so uh, a lot of times when you when you have someone like Richard Dawkins on a camera and they ask, well, do you see any evidence for design in life? And they acknowledge, well, yeah, in genetics and in certain aspects in biology, we do see design. But if there is a creator of, uh, of life on Earth, it must be aliens from somewhere else. I would say that if extraterrestrials exist somewhere else, and and they are intelligent life forms, then that only adds to the case for God. It doesn't take away from it Um, because we know that life on this planet is so complex, so sophisticated that you really have to have, I mean, real faith. People say we have faith for believing that uh, that there's a God and a creator. But I say when you look at evidence, when you look at the nature of a cell, when you look at how we now know of the human genome, we now know the software, genetic software that, that, that that lets us live, that helps, that that creates us and our, our you know, um, genetic blueprint. Uh, it takes a lot of more faith, in my opinion, to look at all of that and come away convinced that there was no creator, than to simply look at the evidence and acknowledge this doesn't look like it was uh, put together from non-intelligent, unguided process. 
So, you know, you factor in possibly aliens existing. I think that only adds to the case that there must be a creator. It doesn't take away from it. But the scriptures are very clear that all things that exist, visible and invisible, whether thrones, principalities, powers, um, you know, that means anything that spiritually exists, anything that physically exists, ha- uh, exists because the creator of the universe, God Almighty, Jesus Christ, uh, created it and sustains it. And Colossians goes on to say, all things were created by him, all things are sustained by him, and all things were created for him. And that would include extraterrestrials if in fact they do exist. And that is something that's very, very important for us to consider. Another thing that we do acknowledge is that biblically speaking, according to Ephesians chapter 6, we do believe in the existence of spiritual beings that do fight in the air that do roam in the air. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about spiritual warfare and how we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness that that are in the air. Um, So, you know, there's no doubt. In fact, some have even taken, uh, some some leaders and scholars and commentators think that some of the the observations, perhaps, that people have made of, of things flying in the air, who knows? That could be some of what the Bible's talking about when it comes to spiritual forces uh, in the air at work. Uh, That's certainly possible. Biblically, but we do already believe that there are beings that God created, we call them angels, that exist aside from man. And we know that angels uh, were created to worship God, they're his messengers. We also know a third of the angels rebelled against God. And we know that when it comes to the angels, there is no redemption for them. And in fact, mankind is still clearly um, at the center of the story. In fact, the Bible says that that one day uh, we will judge angels and the new kingdom that is to come. But the existence of angels, the existence of heavenly creatures that, you know, the books of Ezekiel and, and uh, some other visions that are apocalyptic in nature that the Bible describes or the seraphim, you know, the existence of these creatures certainly lends credence to the possibility that God's created other forms of life or other creatures in the vast beyond that we don't know about. And that certainly is possible. However, However, again, it is important for us to make a distinction between, as Psalms 8 makes very clear, that mankind is at the center of God's heart and attention in contrast to other forms of life. Humanity was made in the image of God. We have self-awareness, we have a soul, we are spirit and body, and we have free will. And so God went about a rescue plan for humanity to bring about our personal redemption. And so it then logically figures that if there are extraterrestrials that exist in the vast beyond and some other planet, if they have a soul, if they have a spirit, if they are made the same way as we are, if they have free will, if uh, they have a a sense of, of right and wrong that God has given them and they have chosen to sin, well, then they're in the same boat that we have been here on planet Earth. And so that does bring up a whole host of questions. What about if aliens, in fact, do have free will, if they do have, you know, um, a sense of right and wrong, and and they have a soul or spirit, if they, like us, are made like us, then they surely would need a redemption story like ours, or perhaps what Jesus 
Jesus Christ did for us on the cross would somehow count for them as well if somehow they are presented with the gospel message. You know, these are the kind of things we don't know. What is clear from scripture in Romans chapter 8 is that all of creation itself has been affected by sin. All of creation has been affected by sin. So as a result of that, we know that if there are aliens somewhere out there, they have also been affected at the very least indirectly by the effects of the fall of man and by sin that occurred in Genesis chapter 3. So it brings up a whole host of questions that quite frankly I know I don't have the answer to. But it is fascinating to ponder and to reflect on and I know that God knows the answers to these questions. Yet I think we can know from the way in which scripture works that if God thought it were important for us to know about aliens on other planets he would have told us that. But he didn't. Because you see the Bible does not talk about certain things that are not relevant to what its purpose is. In John chapter 21, John writes that if everything Jesus said and did were written down, there would not be enough books in a library for us to be able to have all of it. In other words, only the things that were absolutely pertinent and that were relevant and that were absolutely essential were given to us in God's written revelation given to us, which we call the Bible. And John 21 adds that what was written down was written so that we may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that by believing in his name, we may have eternal life. And so God's word gives us what we need. And for whatever reason, scripture is silent about this question. And if it's silent about this question, well, then I'm going to be able to go to sleep at night and not worry about whether I'm going to wake up to an alien invasion resembling the movie Independence Day. (laughs) But I did want to close with a quote from Dr. Albert Muller, who said this, There is nothing in Scripture that says there can't be some form of life somewhere. But what we are told is that the cosmos was created in order that on this planet, Jesus Christ, in space and time and history, would come to save sinful humanity. And that is exactly the summation of everything that I basically wanted to say to you here tonight in this episode. And that is, as much as I love science fiction, grew up being a huge Trekkie, at the end of the day, what ultimately matters is that the cosmos were created by a creator who is powerful, who is loving, who is holy, who is just, and who is knowable through his son, Jesus Christ. And I definitely know that this planet has been visited from someone who was from outside of this world. But he wasn't sent down from the enterprise he was sent down from god the father in heaven and so i bid you to live long and prosper and only my star trek fans will know where that comes from and i encourage you as i always do at the end of every episode and and honestly i do it every week and and why do i why do i close with this i close with this uh quote from first corinthians 16 verses 13 through 14 because there's a lot of talk in the Christian world about deconstruction, about tearing down your faith foundation. Um, And and there's a lot of stereotypes of Christians uh, as being either judgmental and bigoted or, or, you know, of, of, of all, it's all about love, which usually equates to it's all about condoning what everyone else believes and thinks and and how they live. And and I simply love that quote from first Corinthians 16, because that tells me that, uh, you know, God wants me to be firm and stable in my beliefs, to add on to it, to grow in it. And Yes, to always uh, make sure that everything I'm doing is going to be in a loving way to point people to Jesus Christ. And so uh, I encourage you to stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless.